Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you're blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church or its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to connect.redchurch.org.au. Well, it's wonderful to be able to spend this time with you, whether you're watching this on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, maybe just after Christmas. And I really hope that God's Word speaks to you today. We are in the last sermon of our series, uh, O Come All Ye Faithful, our Advent series. And to preach through this series, we've been focusing on different characters that play a role in the Christmas story. I'm going to preach today on a character which is a bit different. It's a character which is actually not a human being. Now, when I was a boy, I used to love the atmosphere of Christmas. I would get so excited when the Christmas decorations would be brought out of the cupboard and our home would be filled with these signs that pointed towards Christmas coming. My favorite decoration was a small nativity scene that had little sort of, uh, uh, they're probably the same size as my toy soldiers. That's probably why I had the fondness and the link. And you had the shepherds, the animals, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, baby Jesus, had a little manger and it was in this stable. And at the top of the roof of the stable, there was this bright yellow star. And it always captured my attention. And we would also put a star on top of our Christmas tree. And the star is always something which then has pointed me towards Christmas. So the character I would like to talk about today is actually the star. We find out about the star in Luke 2. Uh, We'll start at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose. Now remember those terms. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called, had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least amongst the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd, my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way and the star that they had seen when it rose, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now, you may have this understanding of the star's role in the Christmas story, but to understand the symbol and sign of the star in the Christmas story, we need to understand the sign and symbol of stars in the whole of the biblical story. For scripture is filled with all kinds of signs and symbols. Once we begin to understand their meaning, the whole of the scriptures come alive to us. And it's a real link here because actually what Christmas is also about is also a time of signs and symbols. Walking to record uh, this today, 
I walked past several people who were putting out Christmas decorations around their property. I walked past a man who was uh, uh, blowing up a giant sort of display for the front of his house of sleighs and reindeers and the whole lot, a, a, a big inflatable Santa. I saw another woman who was up a ladder and was putting Christmas lights in the tree in the front of her property. And what Christmas is, when we know Christmas is here, when all of the signs and symbols come out of the cupboards and the storage spaces into our homes, into our public spaces, streets, shops, schools, buildings. And so we mark the season by announcing the coming of the season with these symbols. This is also true at this time of year. Our popular culture changes. The stores are filled with Christmas songs, TV fills up with specials, and movies, Christmas movies, are replayed every year. And all of these signs and symbols that are featured point to something bigger. They point to Christmas. But the really strange thing about this time of year is that in some ways we see all the symbols and we see all the signs, but the greater meaning can feel like it's lost in this post-Christian secular culture, which celebrates Christmas and loves the symbols and signs, but sometimes they point in strange places. In the classic Christmas TV special made in 1965, Charlie Brown's Christmas special, this is the great thing that concerns Charlie Brown, the animated character. He is dismayed by the commercialization of Christmas and goes on this quest to discover the true meaning of Christmas. And that's actually a plot line, a theme that emerges in many Christmas specials and Christmas movies. To discover the meaning of Christmas in a post-Christian society. It's not overtly stated, but that's what so many of these stories are about. And many of them actually are trying to find a new kind of meaning that's not the Christmas stories we would understand it. We can see this in Christmas movies. There's different things that they allow the symbols and signs of Christmas to point towards. Some, what is, uh, I guess, communicated as a greater truth. Many movies, such as the classic movie, A Miracle on 34th Street, or the more contemporary movie with Will Ferrell, Alf, are all about sentimentality of having a childlike view of the world. They posit that Christmas time is actually this time to rediscover our inner child, a life of wonder, and to foster a childlike faith in the power of Santa, positive thinking, and the Christmas spirit. It's about looking back, back to our childhood, back to sentimentality, back to what we saw of the magic of Christmas when we were younger. For other themes, the symbols and signs of Christmas point towards ultimately that Christmas's meaning is about morality. We think of the many adaptations of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, or even a more contemporary movie like The Grinch. In these movies, a normally really bad character who does not have the Christmas spirit and is mean and unkind to people goes on a moral journey, often realizing the, the error of their ways. And finally, their heart is warmed and they make the journey from a bad person to a virtuous person. The message here is that Christmas, the signs and symbols all point towards Christmas is the time where we become more moral, more good people. There is a whole genre of films from 
A White Christmas with Bing Crosby to many Hallmark movies to Love Actually, the British movie in which the true meaning of Christmas, all the signs and symbols actually point to the importance of romantic love. Other films are about the message of Christmas for the wider society and particular society where there's gaps between rich and poor. We see this desire for sort of almost a humanist Christmas. In the classic movie, It's a Wonderful Life, where the everyman Jimmy Stewart finally at the end of the movie, after being in a sense crushed by the gap between ordinary people and elites, finds in his brotherhood of humanity the true meaning of Christmas. This is actually also the theme in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, where another everyman, Clark Griswold, played by Chevy Chase, simply just wants to give his family a pull with his Christmas bonus. But an unscrupulous boss who is caught up in the capitalistic 80s does not want to give him the bonus. But at the end of the movie, he understands the errors of his way and Clark Griswold, trying to find his place in his family as society is changing, is able to give them Christmas and they discover what Christmas really is when they all celebrate together, different people of different classes. This is also the same message of what is arguably, I think, a Christmas movie, Die Hard, where uh, John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, finds through violence that actually he can get to the top of this symbol of culture, this building, and defeat the elites at the top who are these sort of Europeanized terrorists who look like yuppies. The message here is that society can be made equal if we all just adopted the spirit of Christmas. Yet all of these Christmas stories fail and fall short. All of them take the symbols and the signs of Christmas that surround us at this time of year, but actually don't point them towards heaven, they actually point them towards the earth. It's about sentimentality, morality, class, romance, a better human society. And what's really interesting in scripture, a symbol or a sign can change when it no longer points beyond itself, but actually points to itself, to the earth. And a symbol or a sign can very quickly become an idol when it's worshipped in of itself. Is there anything wrong with sentimentality and childlike wonder? No. Is there anything wrong with morality or romance or the desire for a more equally economically balanced society? No. But when these things in of themselves become idols, they fall short. And so idols point to themselves. Symbols point beyond themselves to God. This is how we understand the role of signs and symbols in the scriptures. We can't have faith in the symbols, the things of this world, but we can have faith in the one the symbols point to. Now, understanding all that behind us and understanding the context of how we can get Christmas wrong, the star then plays this really important role. The Magi come from the East, these men who watch the skies, and they say, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star, and when it rose, we have come to worship him. Now, this is really key because in the biblical story, this is not just a small, nice little detail. This is not a warm, fuzzy symbol. 
In the biblical account of Christmas, you don't just get sentimentality. You don't get sentimentality. You actually get a shaking. Now, what's interesting is all Christmas stories really point backwards in our Western society. They're inherently conservative. At a time when people were more moral, Christmas, people really believed in it. Back when people really loved each other or society was equal or, or you know, what Christmas is like when we were young. But actually, Scripture, which the Christmas story, is pointing forward to what God is going to do in history. It's taking these signs and symbols of the past and showing how God is using them in the moment and pointing forward. And the star plays a key part in this story. It's a really important character. And to understand this, we actually have to understand what stars mean in Scripture. In Psalm 19, it says this. In verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I love this line. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. The star speaks. The stars speak. And in this moment of speaking, as we encounter in the story of Christmas, we find in the Gospels, it actually speaks of something in particular, authority. The stars were symbols of authority. They mirrored earthly authority, kings, reigns, powers, empires, nations. And the sky or what's known as the firmament, was often called heaven, but it was understood in the Israelite worldview that actually it was a, a mediating space that reflected the greater heaven that was the spiritual heaven beyond it. So it was a mirror of heaven come close. Now, in the biblical understanding of what stars stood for is that a falling star, a star that was descending, actually symbolized a falling or a failing king or a power or an empire. In Isaiah 42, 12, speaking and prophesying of the Babylonian king, the prophet says this, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to earth, you who once laid low the nations. This is saying is what's happening in the heavenly space in the skies. The star is a portent of a change of authority that's going to happen in the world as the power of Babylon falls. Thus, if a star falling is a bad sign, a star rising shows that there is a shift in power and authority. The emergence of a new power, the coming of a new king. In Numbers 24, verse 17, it prophesies a star will come out of Jacob, speaking of the branch of God's people that Jesus emerges from, pointing forward to Jesus coming. A star will emerge, speaking of the rising of a new king, a new authority. The rising star that the Magi see symbolizes a change in power, the coming of a new king. This is why Herod is so concerned. This is why he's not just, oh, it's interesting, a bit of oh, something in the night sky. This symbolizes a great shaking that's happening in the world. Symbols herald and call the faithful. 
A rising star heralds the dawn. The morning star is the first pinprick of light that breaks through the dark of a period of night and heralds the coming of the sun. In 2 Peter verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 19, it says this, We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, as you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a shining in a dark place until the dawn day, day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. This is speaking about how hope, faith, begins to rise in the hearts of the faithfulness. Those who don't have belief, those who are dismayed, those who are discouraged, hope and faith comes at first slowly in the heart, the pinprick of that light in the sky, a portent of what has to happen as faithfulness grows in us. In Revelation 22, verse 16, Jesus says, I, Jesus, am the root and the offspring of David. He's coming from that line, which in Numbers was prophesied. Out of that line will come a star. And Jesus identifies himself with that star and calls himself and says this, and the bright morning star. This is the message of Christmas at its utter core. This is where the story swings back around to us in this moment. The art, if you look at our slides for this series, is of the star and the people being drawn to the star. The star, the sign which calls the faithful, those watching, those waiting, those wanting something more than just what the earth can offer. The Christmas story is telling us that the order is shifting, that the night will break. And on that night when the Magi saw the star rise and it appeared over Bethlehem, the night that Israel had been going through of seeming spiritual silence, of spiritual oppression, of a long travail that the people had endured was actually breaking. God was doing something new. And at this moment, in our post-Christian society where belief seems to be disappearing, where a night seems to be descending, at this moment in the midst of a global pandemic, where actually when you look at the news, it's very uncertain. When we look at how the world is shifting, there seems to be stars moving around as the power basis is shifting at a tectonic level. The star rises. There's a pinprick in the darkness of the night sky. We remember that the dawn is coming. That's what the story of Christmas is ultimately about. Now to return to the first Christmas special that I referenced, Charlie Brown's Christmas special. It's a really actually subversive piece of art. It was made in 1965. Charles Schultz, the cartoonist who created the Peanuts series with Charlie Brown and Snoopy and Lucy and Linus. He wanted to make this Christmas special because he was on this spiritual journey himself trying to work out what life meant. And he pitched to the networks this Christmas special. People thought it was going to be an absolute failure. You actually had to get funding uh, from uh, business to actually put this thing on the air. And the reason why is because actually where it goes is quite unique. 
The plot of the series, or the, the, this, this Christmas special, is that Charlie Brown, who in his own way is an everyman, like a Jimmy Stewart or a Clark Griswold, there's something we can uh, relate to in him. He doubts himself. He often feels like he doesn't fit in. He often feels like he gets it wrong. When I was a boy, he used to pull, love uh, looking at the nativity scene. I also used to really um, relate to Charlie Brown. And in this special, he tries to discover the meaning of Christmas. He's dismayed by the commercialization. And so he tries to play, if you like, with the symbols and signs of Christmas. He organizes this Christmas production. It doesn't give him the true meaning of Christmas. He has this tree, but the tree is, you know, rubbish tree. It's sort of drooping. It's not a great Christmas tree. And it leaves him feeling short. And at the sort of key moments at the end of the special, as Charlie Brown has been trying to find the true meaning of Christmas, there's this really interesting plot twist. I'm going to read actually from the script. Charlie Brown says, Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone, anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Linus comes in. Linus is the character who carries with him at all times this security blanket, this thing which gives him comfort. He sucks his thumb and holds this blanket when he's scared. Linus enters stage left. And what's fascinating about this is these wonderful moments of silence. There's no canned laughter. Uh, Charles Schultz and the people who made this, this animation, there's just this great use of silence if you watch it. You can probably find it on YouTube. Linus enters onto the stage and says, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. The production falls Silent, a light goes on Linus. And Linus says this in the midst of a primetime special on network TV. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all my people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. What I love is that as Linus is reciting the gospel here, holding his security blanket, at the moment when he says, Fear not, he drops the blanket and steps into this moment of faithfulness. I have a sense that this speaks to us at this moment. There is so much in the world to be afraid of at this point in time. We all have our security blankets. We wanna turn our signs and symbols into our security blankets. 
for this year at the end of Advent 2021. We need to remember that. Fear not. The sign in the sky points us to the Saviour who is come. And he invites us into his future. He's moving history towards his ends. He gave his son so that you need not be afraid. You need not pay the price for sin, for worshipping the things of the earth. Jesus has come. Have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you.